Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Euphoria Daniels. And it's your main man, Anthony. And welcome to another installment of our podcast, What Men Think. And What Women Know. Oh, man, as always, in this time right now, we're dealing with the COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus. Before we start the show, I'd like to take a moment, you know, to thank all the hospital workers, the nurses, the doctors, even people who are not necessarily on the front lines, the people who still have to go to work, the utility workers, people who work in the industrial industry, and people who work in the manufacturing industry. Thank you so much for continuing to keep the country flowing and things of that nature. But I definitely want to thank the people on the front lines. You know, thank you for all the hard and the tremendous work that you're under, and uh, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, at this time right now, you're dealing with this uh, pandemic that's basically all around the world. It makes you think of a lot of things. You think about your own men, mortality, think about your health, think about a lot of stuff. And one thing it really makes you think about is family. You know, mm-hmm. the people who you are losing, the people who you've grown accustomed to, the people that you're, you're growing towards. And you just really just want to just be around your family and friends, even though you can't physically be around these people. But it makes me think about all about my family. You know what I mean? And I, I just want to take a minute, just, you know, just everybody just think about who's listening to the sound of my voice, who just think about, you know, their mother, their fathers, aunts, uncles, grandmother, grandparents, all of those people. Just just think about them. And if you haven't reached out to them, please make sure that you reach out to them. Tell them that you love them, you know, before you don't get a chance to do that. You know, family is very important. Unfortunately, I am not blessed with a large amount of family, you know, but I definitely appreciate the people who I do call family and you know, and my extended family here. Definitely love them. What about you, baby? Um... Yeah, I I hate it. Like, everybody who knows me knows I'm very family-oriented. And um, I live for, like, the holidays and to, like, host dinners where I could get together with my my mom and, my you know, my brother my, and um, my, my good girlfriends that I call my sisters. And just um, going through this, this pandemic, um, I just feel like an emptiness, you know, just not being able to see my mother for months at a time is something that I would never have done. Um, however, I was just reluctant to even go around my mother because of people having, you know, the virus and not having any symptoms. And if you were one of those people, <laughs> like many of us, we, we really don't know. We haven't been tested. We seem healthy. But, you know, if you listen to the news, then you know that you could, you know, be asymptomatic and you know, really have the virus. So it's created a very sad and distant feeling for me. Okay. Not to be able to, you know, see my mother, hug my mother. You know, I've done a lot of things for her from where I am. Um, But yeah, even just seeing my friends and, and seeing um the couples that we kind of hang out with, you know, just using a lot of Zoom and, and WebEx features and stuff like that. A lot of video conferencing tools to stay connected. All right. Now, I previously mentioned that, you know, I really don't have a, a tremendous amount of family. I'm, a, you know, just a, have it as an open book right now. I'm an only child, you know, just basically my mother and myself. 
pretty much growing up all my life, you know, and like you, you not be able to, you know, to see her consistently, see, you know, see the friends that I grew up with around my old block and, you know, people who I normally hang out with every now and then, you know, it's definitely tough. You know, I talk to them over the phone, you know, web calls and things like that. But um, it, it really puts things into perspective of when you don't have them, you really miss them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So it, it just makes you just wonder, like I was saying before, just please, if you have any family, just always just tell them that you love them, even if you don't love them. You know, just let them hear it before you know they can't hear it, or you can't have the opportunity to say it yourself. So, and from my perspective, you know, not being able to uh, see my mom's whenever I want to, just go over to my mom's house and hang out there, eat up all the food, and. Mess up all, mess up a place up, well, knowing that she's gonna clean up right after me. So, some of the things I kind of miss right now, but I know things will eventually get back to normal and everybody will be where they're supposed to be and hug the ones that who they're supposed to hug. But, uh, family is definitely important, especially to me. Well, my issue is like right now, um, my one of my brothers actually had a stroke back in, on December 10th, and so. He's been hospitalized since then. And then early, I believe it was early March, the hospitals uh, stopped all visitors. Oh, yeah. Um. So that really has taken a toll on me and still is taking a toll on me because, you know, I can't go see my brother. And it's also taking a toll on my brother. Um. Just like being in the same room and looking at the same four walls and not being able to, you know, get up and get out and stuff. And then the only thing, the only thing you, he really had to, like, hold on to that bit of normalcy from the outside world was his family. And so once they stopped that, then it's like, oh, wow. You know, now what do I have? Right. Um, and so we, we did um, do a lot of video calling and stuff like that. But honestly, it's really not the same. Okay. It's really not the same. And I, I think to him... Being in the hospital, it means like the world to see your family, to have your family come see you in the flesh. Um, so that kind of like takes me off. And then most recently, my mom went into the hospital through the emergency room. She's actually in the hospital right now. Oh, man, that's really bad news. I'm really hurt to hear that. And um, it's the same thing. Like, you can't even go past the ER door. Nope, they shut um, it all down. And so that's like never in my life has my mom gone to the ER and me not be able to just roll up there and pop up on her and see what they doing. Um, You know, or even even if my brother took her and I would like come later or she took herself or a home attendant took her and then, you know, we pop up on her later. I would just drive to New York and she'd be like, what you what you doing here? I was like, you know, I got to come check on my favorite girl. Absolutely. And so just right now being in this place where I can't just roll up on her, it's like really devastating. And I'm just trying to figure out ways to like cope with, you know, these all these different feelings that I'm feeling. Right, because that's actually a question I was going to ask you. How, you. how do you feel you are emotionally with a uh, brother and a mother in the hospital right now, having to be sort of the rock of the family. Um, it's very difficult. Um, and 
like even today, like I've been really trying to keep my eyes on a prize, like stand in my faith, which I'm I'm really big on faith. And I'm really big on if you give something to your most high, then you're not really supposed to stress about it. Because if you give something, let's say, let's say your most high is God and you give something to God, then you can't hold it anymore. So it's kind of like if you give something away, you don't, you don't have it anymore. So either are you an Indian giver? Like you giving it away and you still holding on to it? Like you can't do that. That's kind of insulting. In my, in my opinion, I would be insulting my most high if I did that. So I'm really wrestling with, um, handing it over to God and letting it go. And so oftentimes people will gauge, you know, how you handling a situation by, you know, talking to you and seeing how you move and seeing how you, you know, you know, what you're doing with your hands, what you're doing with your eyes, what you, you know, what is your body saying? And I know all day you and uh, my daughter have just been like looking at me, like trying to gauge it. And oftentimes I'll feel like my nose flare or I feel like my, my forehead flutter because I feel like mentally it's trying to do something to me physically. But again, I'm still just keeping my eyes on the prize. And if I have given it to God and have faith that all these things will come to pass. And I'm telling you with my mouth, I believe that, that my body has to follow. My actions have to follow. I can't just say something. I can't just tell people to pray and believe and I'm not praying and believing. You know what I'm saying? It gets Absolutely. it gets more difficult when it's your family member. Right. But yeah, it's 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 very tough. It's very exhausting. Okay. And so sometimes I'll be exhausted mentally, but I'll just try to do something physically to kind of keep my mind off of it. Now, give our listeners sort of a description of your family pre being in the hospital, like how you guys would interact with each other. Well, like I have two brothers and one sister. My sister lives in South Carolina. Um, and then we were, we were, we, we all have the same mother and father. My father preceded my, um, preceded us in death. So my father passed away in almost three years now, 2017. So my Oldest brother who lives in, in New York with the, my, all, all my family lives in New York except for my sister, but my brother that's in the hospital right now, like he and I would like freaking frack. Like since I'm the baby of the family, that was like my first best friend, right. you know what I'm saying? So he and I were really tight. He and I communicate in a way that no one really understands, but, but we understand it. But we are, we all for the uh, most part are pretty close. Like we're just pretty close. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, but pre-pandemic or even pre, let's say pre-stroke. Yes. Even though I was the baby, like, I kind of took care of everybody. Like, whoever went in the hospital, I was there for them. Whatever Uh, happened, even with my dad, I was there when he took his last breath. Like, I would not leave the hospital. And so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the leader emerges, right? Yes. Nobody, like, appoints the leader. It's like they emerge and you go, okay, yeah, here, go right yeah. ahead. Adversity usually shows, <laughs> a leader usually steps up in a moment of adversity. Right. It, and it just, like, you know, nobody volunteers to take all the pressure, but it just kind of happens and you just kind of roll with it. And it's kind of, it becomes the norm. And so the position that I'm in right now is my normal position. It is made difficult by the pandemic because 
pre-pandemic, I would I would be in New York right now. Absolutely. Like I would have been, you know, already like had my mother or been, you know, doing whatever. But now it's kind of like shelter in place, stay inside, stay, keep yourself safe. And I, I constantly what flashes in my head is the analogy of putting on your oxygen mask. So when you're on a plane, the stewardess will demonstrate to you how to put on your oxygen mask should the cabin pressure in the aircraft drop. And they always say, put your mask on. And then, and only then, can you help someone else put their mask on. And so I had to take that thinking into the pandemic. I had to protect myself. What was most important to me was to protect myself and my nucleus, which which are the people under this roof together. Because we have to coexist together. And so that was most important to me. Only after we are safe can we look out for others. But the way we normally would look out for others, we can't right now. Right. Absolutely. Now, when this new way of living that we're going to live, I mean, we can't deny it. There's going to be a new way of living. Is there nothing would change with family, especially your family, my limited family? But I think now we'll get a more appreciate, appreciate, we appreciate each other more, appreciation for it's more, and you know, and, and family, whether we have to be there for them or they have to be there for us, we're always gonna love that family, mm-hmm. you know. And I just want to just, if you have a family member out there, I repeat this again: if you have a family out there that you haven't spoken to. or you're thinking about not speaking, just just reach out to him or her. Reach out to the, them. Because they probably need you, and you definitely in some way needs them. It's very important because if you don't have them, you will always be searching for them, you know. And and that's something that I believe that you should be able to take in. Now, dealing with a pandemic to where it's basically a shelter in place, uh, the people that's under your roof right now, you know, you kind of stuck with them. Even if you're by yourself, you just... Do something to entertain your mind, you know. And this is why we want you to listen to the podcast and subscribe and, you know, let us be your vessel to take you away from things that's going on in the world right now. We could be your extended family. <laughs> you can put your headphones on or you can put the stuff us on to your speaker and we could be your family. And we definitely would love to be your family. And we could we will come up to your house, eat up all your food. And they'll junk you up your house, and then you have to clean up when we yes, leave. Yes, and they will leave. <laughs> we'll leave like, a big what mess. happened to all the snacks? We're like, we ate them shits. It'll be a huge gone. mess before we left. So, speaking of, like, the pandemic and being inside and people listening to us, um, one of the things I wanted to tell you guys about our podcast um, is we aspire to be something different. Absolutely. Um, I had a recent exchange with with a listener, and that listener basically was comparing Aunt and I to other couples who do podcasts, and they like you know focus on relationships and stuff like that. And um, I just wanted to be very clear that we will talk about relationships. Yes, we will. But we will also talk about. Sex, yes. social issues, yes. things from social media, yes. current events, yes. life yes. as a whole. And 
that's kind of why we're talking about family and coping and, and all these different things today, because our podcast is not just about relationships. It is absolutely not. It is Our podcast is simply what's in your head, it comes out your mouth, and there it is. Right. It's, it's a way to release, it's able to say what everyone is thinking, to cope with what everyone is thinking. We're here for each other. We're, here, we're in this together. This podcast is not us giving relationships advice, marital advice, what doctors. people should do and should not do. Oh, We're no, not no, doctors. No. We're not doctors. So if you're expecting to hear Fix My Life and with a little <laughs> bit of Dr. Phil, <laughs> this is not the podcast for you. These are two people who are in love, who want to uh, speak to the mass people and want the mass people to speak to us. Yes. You want we want relationships to grow because we would like we would love for our relationship to grow, mm-hmm. and we just want to just be there for you like you are there for us. We appreciate you, and we want to hear from you. So, we do have a Facebook page, and it is the title of our podcast: "What Men Think and What Women Know," and um, we uh, invite you to go there and. You know, after listening to our latest episode, we invite you to go there and kind of, you know, let us know if you liked it, if you didn't like it. You know, what we also want to know from you, what you would like us to discuss. Like, what would you like us to cover? What kind of topics you want us to um, to cover? If you are not a social media person and you rather send us an email, then the first letters of our title is our email address. So it's W M. T W W K at gmail.com. That was absolutely wrong. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered it because I gotta be honest, I had no idea what it was. I mean, I knew what it was, but I wouldn't be able to remember it right now. So, so I'm you glad just <laughs> you were able to uh, spit that out. You just take the you just take the title and just take the first letter of each of the words, and that's our email address. So that's the easy way to remember it. And you can send us Drop us a, you know, a note in private. It will be between you, uh, us and you, you and us. And, um, like, I had a listener say we should, like, read, do a topic, do a, a segment like Strawberry Letter. And I'm open to do that. So if you guys want to send us a letter that we read on our podcast and kind of address it, I think we'd be open to that. Right, I mean, babe? Absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely be open to that. And uh, getting back on to the subject of family, I have a question for you. Okay. This is a question for the all the single kids, the only child kids. When you grow up in a nucleus where you have multiple brothers and sisters, give us a little insight of what that's like growing up. Well, again, for me, I was the only child. and I mean, I was, I was not the only child. I was the baby. And I was like, I was like a spoiled brat. So, I was the little girl. I was the only girl in the house. That's where I was going with the only child thing. I was the only girl in the house because my sister was raised in South Carolina. Um, So, even though we were a family of two boys and two girls, in New York, I was the only girl. And I was raised in a household with two boys, which made me tough. It made me a tomboy. It made me love basketball and later love football. Um, But... It was a dynamic that spoke to my favor because I was the only girl. I had my own room. 
my brothers shared their room. Um, however, I was, you know, lonely. And, and that's how I got the bond with my, my middle brother because he would come in my room and we'd play checkers and, and just talk and have a good time. He was a DJ and an MC. I um, began to write rhymes and MC and all kind of stuff like that. And okay. just, he was literally my first best friend. All right. And so in that household where I grew up with my mom and dad, you know, my father was the disciplinary, you know, my mother would discipline us, but not like our father. So it was one of those, wait till your father get home. Right. And my father would come home and bring out the big belt. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my father to get home. Oh, but boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 it could be, you know, people, kids who grew up with their dad, they know that the dad gave the good butt whippings. And so some people would rather not have it. Right. So that was, that is what life was like for me. And like, and being the baby, I get all the hand-me-downs, you know, I always say I was poor, but I didn't feel poor. Okay. You know, born and raised in Harlem, I was poor, but I never felt poor. I was rich. With, you know, an abundance of love, an abundance of fun and memories. Okay. What were the conversation and interactions like when you have a group of three or four more people in a room or in an apartment or home or whatever the case may be? I remember when I first got Atari 5200, and I know we're not supposed to talk about labels and use pronouns and stuff like that, but... I remember having it, and we hooked it up to the television in the living room, Atari 5200, and I would play Pac-Man, and we were all in the living room playing Pac-Man, and I used to, like, pride myself on being the best, but when in the living room with all all five of us in the living room, I lost, and I was mad <laughs> that I think one of my brothers beat me, but yeah, like, you know, we always would celebrate, and that's probably why I have it today, like, we always would, always, like, there was never, like, no Easter dinner. Or no Thanksgiving dinner. Or no Christmas dinner. There was never a time when we didn't put up a Christmas tree. And we didn't have presents. Okay. So that's what it was like. But at the same time, it's different personalities. Yes. That you have to either click with or you don't. So my older brother, my oldest brother, would tease my middle brother and I because we were always fat. We were always fat. We were always chubby. I probably began to get chubby when I turned four. So my older brother, my oldest brother, who was chubby, he got teased in school. So he lost weight. So he slimmed out. So as he became a teenager, he really like leaned out a lot. Okay. And I remember, true story, um, probably every African-American family had like those beads that hang down. That your mother every, put them. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> your mother put them beads up in the house that kind of hang down in the doorway. So either you have a curtain or you have some beads. Absolutely. It made it all the noise. <laughs> all the noise. So you couldn't sneak in the house. I no, think that's what it was for. Couldn't sneak in the house. Couldn't sneak in the kitchen. I think that's what they got it for so they could hear us. So And so quickly, my brother, my oldest brother used to think he was Spider-Man. And so he would say, be quiet. I'm talking to you. And we keep talking. He go, shh. And he would emulate Spider-Man like he had the web and he was webbing up our mouth. <laughs> and we would keep talking. He'd be like, wait a minute. It's not working. My spider web is not working. And then he would... Take the beads, grab my mother beads, and swing through the beads and say, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So he would tease us. Just itching for a beating. Yeah, Swinging like... Swinging on the beads. He would tease us, call us fat, and then we call my mother, who was a home attendant at the time. We call her on her job and complain. And she said, when I get home, I'm going to whoop his tail. Mm, mm, he mm. was like, Mommy, they lying. 
And we both was like, no, we're not. So that's, I mean, people think it's all, you know, glitz and glamour, but we were teased. It wasn't the Cosby show? No, we had tough skin <laughs> then, you know. It, it wasn't Family Matters? No. Oh, okay. It was It was actual real life. Family. But I think it made us, I think, I think because of that, we had tough skin. Like my family was tough. Tough. We always were tough and we always would stick together. Absolutely. You know, so. Sticking together. That's, that's the main thing about family. Sticking together. Now I know there are some families that, you know, don't really care for each other and don't stick together. But, uh, I think. The theme of right now, how we live in these last three months, is sticking together, you know, because we definitely need each other, you know. We have our differences, but guess what? We stuck together. I've you know? seen people posting a lot about what you're saying. Like, people have been, like, dropping like flies. You've been losing, like, so many people that we know, either personally or, like, through other people or mm-hmm. either through the party scene or through the promotion scene and... It's so like surreal. Like someone, someone could be posting on social media. Literally, what's today? Today is Wednesday. Let's say last Sunday they posted, and then yesterday you saw they died. I was like, what? Wait a minute. And you literally could go to their their feed and see when's the last time they posted, and mm-hmm. it went. It was like somebody cut the lights out. Yes. And so you'll find a lot of people saying, you know, listen. Resolve those issues now. Absolutely. Do this now. I've been saying for the longest, life is too short. But this pandemic is showing people how short life can really be. Communication is very key. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff, things going on politically, urban-wise, and uh, mostly there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And uh, communication is important. So... When someone reached out to you, and I'm talking about anybody, this could be pretty much anybody. If someone reaches out to you, have the common decency to either reach back to them or give them the information that they need. Because there's a lot of misinformation that's out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wild accusations, conspiracy theories. There's a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> like that. You know, so we definitely want to keep it together and communicate the right information to each other. And... Uh, just on a little side note, you know, I know the people that work in the, in the hospitals and the clinics and stuff like that, I know they're going through a tremendous, tremendous battle right now with people just flooding in to their hospitals, all sick and highly contagious of the same virus. But speaking back to the communication, we want you guys to communicate with us, you know. There are a lot of things that's going on in these hospitals that we need to know. So if there is a way for you to communicate what's going on in these hospitals with the public, it is your right, it is your duty to do that. And if someone calls there seeking information about whatever the case may be, it is your right and it is your duty to do that. And I just want to just throw that out there. Just food for thought. No, don't want to get too serious, but <laughs> I just want people to just remember that communication is always key. We give out the right information. You give us the right information. We'll be able to move forward. You know, we can all be one big family. We know that's probably not realistic. We can always just mentally think that, you know, we all 
one big happy family and we want to take care of each other. I think that that's a great point that you're making, Aunt, because when you tell people to stay in the house and they're like, oh, this is not too bad. I could go out. I could do this and that. It's not really about you. No, it's not. It's about your loved ones. And I've said it time and time again. If you stay in the house or if you wear a mask, it's not even about you. It's about everybody around you. And so the point that you just made is is fantastic because think of all of us as one big family looking out for each other. Yes. And the survival of your family member depends on your actions. It is not really just you. Like, you know, it might immediately affect you. But your actions actually affect other people in your family, other people in your circle, other people in your community. I mean, your actions this is like one of the first times I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to scan my, my mental Rolodex, that somebody else's actions really affect you in a negative or a positive light. Because usually you be like, I don't care what he do and I don't care what she do because I don't got nothing to do with me. And random people that you don't know. But now a random stranger, their actions can actually affect you. Yes. And that is huge. Absolutely. It's absolutely huge. And this is why we talk about family. Let's look out for each other. Yes, we don't know each other. No, I don't know the people... In New Orleans, all the places all around the world that's, that's being heavily affected, especially the heavy, dense population. But let's look out for each other. Let's say to each other, hey, listen, I'm going to stay inside. I'm going to protect myself and my family so that eventually we can all go back outside <laughs> go back and not outside. have to worry about this evil pandemic that is killing thousands of people in each state. Not just on the eastern side. No, mm-hmm. in each state. Countrywide, worldwide. Worldwide. Millions <laughs> of people has perished from this. So let's just all just keep it real family oriented and, and help each other out. And look out for each other. Takes a village. Absolutely. I always loved that phrase. I've always loved it, you know. And so with that being said, said wrapping up another beautiful podcast. As always, this podcast, What Men Think and What Women Know, could be heard on Spotify and iTunes right now, but we definitely begging, thinking bigger and better things. We're definitely going to start um, on more podcasts and things of that nature and have this podcast on different platforms. So once again, thank you for listening. Again, once again, Spotify and iTunes. As always, we have to leave you with this beautiful words from the great Euphoria. Listen, you guys, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Every day above ground is a day to be celebrated. If your most high opened your two eyes, gave you the use of your limbs, and you have ableism, throw your head back and say thank you. Because any day above ground is better than one day below. As always, we wish you peace, love, happiness, and health. See ya.